I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hello, thank you for joining me again on my Parent Like a Psychologist podcast. Today, I wanted to talk about something that is not so much about parenting, but it is about kids and academics. Um, And parents still have a role in that, obviously. It's something I've been noticing lately in my clinical work coming up as a common question and um, area of concern for parents who've been asking about some strategies. So I thought I would share them on this episode with you today. I'm going to be talking about writing difficulties, particularly around kids with uh, ADHD or who are autistic and the challenges they can have with writing at school. It's been on my mind lately because I guess it's the end of uh, term. So lots of kids are having assessments and they're mentioning it to me in sessions. The other thing is that I'm doing a lot of writing, lots of report writing lately. And I have um, been talking with a friend who was going to, well, has already started writing a book, a memoir. Um, And Oh, also, I've started another a podcast called Between the Lines, and it's about um, books, books either for therapy or, you know, self-help flavoured books or for fun. And we have interviewed um, a couple of authors for that book, uh, sorry, that podcast, and they have talked about the writing process and how to um, begin it and stick with it. So it's really been something that's been on my mind in lots of different areas lately. Uh, And I wanted to talk today about um, why it's hard for kids with autism and ADHD, because it doesn't necessarily mean they've got a a learning disorder in writing, which is something separate. Uh, A learning disorder in writing is where kids have the ability to write and learn cognitively, but they just, their academic achievement isn't on par for that. Um, And it's usually because there are some specific areas of cognitive skills that aren't quite as developed as their other areas. So we'll we'll get to that in a little bit, but um, there are lots of kids who still struggle with writing, even though they don't meet the criteria for a learning disorder. Lots of times when they are autistic or have ADHD, it's something that we can make recommendations about so that teachers can put in place some things to support kids um, so that they can find school an easier place. And I always talk about it as a way that the strategies help kids access the curriculum. Uh, And what that means really is that their their difficulties don't prevent them from being able to learn the same kinds of kids that, uh, sorry, kinds of things um, that everyone else is learning in class. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the areas that might be a challenge 
for your kids. Then I'll talk a little bit about the cognitive um, areas that I know and, and test in lots of kids and I understand how they can make a difference in writing. And then I want to talk about some of the strategies as well. And the reason it's important to do it in that order is it's important to understand what the difficulties are so that then the strategies we suggest can um, line up with that underlying need. That's such a common thing in everything I do in psychology. It's about what the underlying need is and treating that rather than treating the surface level issue. So some of the challenges um, could be things like um, for, well, attention and focus. I was going to say for ADHD, but it's also true for autism as well, because there's lots of things going on in the classroom that can make attention and focus an area of difficulty. Um, and so writing is one of those things where you need to have the ability to maintain your concentration and attention over a long period of time. So for example, if it's writing um, paragraphs, it's a couple of minutes. If it's writing an essay, it can be around 10 minutes and in primary school, even longer up into high school. Um, and so if kids are having trouble with um, focusing and paying attention, they will have trouble with being able to sustain it long enough to organize their thoughts and put them out on paper. Sometimes it's about keeping the attention, so sustaining the attention. And sometimes it's about selective attention, which means being able to filter out the distractions and other things to keep your attention on task. And those two things um, can make writing incredibly difficult. Imagine if you're forgetting every couple of seconds where you were up to, what you were thinking. It kind of, it really affects the quality of the um narrative or the cohesion of the piece of writing that you're doing. One other thing is um, language processing. So sometimes um, kids with autism have differences in language development. And so that means it might be hard to express their ideas coherently. Um, and so that's, it's not so much, same, same difficulty might look the same on paper, but it's not coming from lack of attention. It's coming from lack of those language skills to be able to um, piece the narrative together. Sometimes it's the pragmatics as well, which means that functional use of language. So kids might not, they might be using words, but not having the ability to convey the meaning functionally. And the other area of difficulty too could be with um, trying to understand and convey abstract concepts as well. Um, so sometimes it's a result of the language difficulties that kids have. Another point too is that, um, well actually I'll move on to that next because I was going to talk about executive functioning. And my point was sometimes kids misunderstand the instructions or have difficulty reading and interpreting the instructions to know what to do. Sometimes that's language based um, or sometimes it's the executive functioning as well. So executive functioning, I like to say, is the ability, if, if you break it down and define what each word means, 
executive just means executing and functioning means tasks or doing things. Um, so they have trouble doing things when kids have executive functioning difficulties. So that might mean that they know the topic, they understand the question, but they have difficulty executing the task. Um, so in writing, the types of executive functionings required are things like planning, what they're going to cover, organising their thoughts and putting it into paragraphs or um, ways that they've captured enough information and spelled it out so that someone else can understand. Um, and the third area is managing their time. So sometimes kids will run out of time because they have had difficulty working out how long they should spend on each component of the task. So with executive functioning, um, time management, planning and organising, but the third area that's a really big challenge in executive functioning is the self-reflection and self-assessment. So that really means the capacity to understand where you are in the task and if you are where you should be up to. Um, and it also has um, that impact on knowing if you've done it. So an example for that is if you're writing an essay about a certain thing and you know the criteria say you have to include these three things or something, uh, self-reflection um, and that self-monitoring has the impact that kids don't necessarily know if they've done all of that yet. Um, and that has a big impact on things like editing. So then the knowledge that you need to go back and reread and edit for um, to make sure that you've met all the task requirements. So, um, so far we've talked about, um, what have we done? Attention, um, executive functioning, and we talked about language in there as well. There's some other things that may play a minor part part <laughs> I was going to say role and part and it turned into something funny um, some things that might play a minor part in writing difficulties for kids with autism and ADHD are sensory processing difficulties so things like the feel of the paper the chair all of that stuff maybe even the sound of everyone's pencil scratching at the same time and it could be fine motor skills as well. Um, and there's kids with autistic kids often have fine motor difficulties. So being able to um, hold the pen and write for long enough during the task can be a challenge. I'm not going to cover those things too much today because they're a little bit outside the things I would usually um, talk about in my assessments, but they are things to consider those environmental things. Um, what I wanted to talk about a little bit more was then next to the cognitive areas that can impact um, kids' writing. The two main areas, I think, well, outside of language, I guess, because language is a cognitive um, ability that we do measure in cognitive assessments as psychologists. Um, but outside of language, it's, and what I notice in my practice is it's often kids 
who have trouble with working memory and with processing speed that then have difficulty with writing. Um, so I'm going to talk about what each of those areas is and how it impacts writing and then we'll get into the strategies that can be helpful. So working memory is essentially the ability to remember information long enough to use it in the moment to solve problems. So we're talking about a length of um, seconds usually. Um, it's often a thing that I say to parents is like when you're going through the grocery store and you have to remember a list of things that you wanted. So you might be rehearsing it in your mind to make sure you've, you get all of that stuff. So when we talk about with writing, it's things like remembering the instructions um, of the task. It's remembering what you wanted to say in your piece of writing. It's also got to do with the organization of your ideas. So trying to remember how you were going to structure your argument. And then it can also um, affect editing and revising as well. And that's because when kids go back to edit, they're looking for multiple things at once in their work. So they might be looking for um, the content being covered, clarity of expression, spelling and punctuation. So that can be um, sometimes too much for a child's mind and working memory capacity to remember all of those things as they're going through it. Another thing that affects writing a lot in my experience and um, definitely a lot lately is when kids have a, a low processing speed. And processing speed is um, the, it's basically the speed at which we can take in and understand concepts or execute tasks. Um, so it's not quite the same as executive functioning. It's almost like the speed of executive functioning. So how quickly can you take in information, solve problems? We all have, we, we all have a processing speed. Most of us are average in the middle and some people have, are quick with their processing and some people take longer than most. And so if you take longer than most people, to process information, it makes sense then that in a test that has the same time limit, you won't be able to get as much done because you're working at a different speed. So almost like other people get to run, but you have to walk. And so then you have the same amount of time, they're going to get further than you got. Um, sport analogy isn't for everybody so often for kids I talk about it being like a computer processing speed so all of the content and and software and stuff is there and it's good but it's the processing speed of the computer that's slowing things down and the ways that that can impact um, writing is that it means you don't get as much done, so word count, but it also means you might not finish the task. But the other thing is that sometimes because the processing speed is slow, it's hard for kids to keep up with, the, um, with their thoughts and get them onto paper quick enough. 
which means they can forget what they're trying to say and um, be slowed down from that way. Um, the other thing, yeah, so actually I've covered all the points. So it can be that they, um, that kids have less, well, they take longer, so they produce less work. Um, it means they might not get the task done because it takes them longer and they can't um, keep track of making sure they meet all the requirements. And it can also mean, the fluency means that they forget what they're saying before they can kind of write it. Um, that's something that I see quite commonly. And one of the easy solutions there is to give kids more time. So if kids are having trouble with um, writing tasks, often giving them more time can be really helpful. Sometimes in class as well, what I would suggest for kids is to either have more time or maybe to do less of the amount of work um, if they have to stick to that time frame. So for example, if they have to write three, well, you know, everyone's meant to write six paragraphs, maybe your child with the processing speed challenges writes four or three. And so it means that they can stick to the same time frame and they can be successful if the demands are reduced. Um, so, but I'll go through now for um, kids with ADHD and autism is where I'm focusing, but it can be for all kids with working memory or processing speed challenges, what some of the supports are that you can put in place. Um, and I've just got five to go through. I've noticed I do that a lot in the podcast, five things to go through. I don't know whether it's just the way my brain works is lumping them together into, you know, a few handful of strategies. Um, Anyway, got, got myself distracted there. So for autistic, for, I'll start again. For autistic kids or kids with ADHD, some of the things you can do to support their challenges with writing um, based on working memory and processing speed challenges are to put in place extra scaffolding. And so by that, what we mean is breaking down the task for them. So it's breaking the, the written task down into smaller, more manageable parts that reduces the reliance on working memory um, and it helps make it easier to organise ideas. So that might be um, rather than the question, then giving them the steps they need to complete to get it done. Kids can then write out their own plan for the writing so that they um, don't have to remember what they were going to say as they're doing the writing. The next thing that can help is um, visual aids or organizers, graphic organizers they're often called. And so that um, means that's a way that kids can make their outline of what they're going to say beforehand. Um, but in a visual way that helps them organize their thoughts. So you might have seen some where people put their main idea in the middle and then they um, 
put lines out to other ideas or it could be more of a sequential thing where kids want to follow it. Um, And for lots of different types of writing, there are different types of um, graphic organisers that teachers have that can help kids um, separate out the pieces of the task in a way that helps them um, to, to execute it successfully. One of the other things is um, time management approaches, and that's about trying to teach kids skills in managing their time. And so that can be helpful for um, both kids with working memory and processing challenges. And an example of that might be for them to work out when the halfway point is in the task. So for example, for older children, if they've got 30 minutes to complete the activity, um, think about where they should be up to at the 15 minute mark. Or it could even be thinking and writing down the time at which they're going to try and stop and go back and edit. That might be the last 10 minutes of the task. And then in the main body or, or completion of the task, then say that leaves 20 minutes, then put the midway point between that as well. So teaching kids ways to try to be aware of the time and um, know where they are in relation to the time limit. So that's kind of the working memory, but it's also a bit of the executive functioning challenge that that um, addresses as well. One of the other um, things that is really helpful for kids with processing speed challenges is there's really only one suggestion we can make about improving processing speed. And that's a question I get asked um, about from parents a lot. And one thing, the one thing you can do is um, our processing speed drills. And so those are tasks designed to just improve the speed at which your child does something. And these are proactive strategies or preventive strategies. So they work on building a skill. So it's not something that you'd use in the um, assessment itself. And how you do the processing speed drill is to... um, perhaps get some simple activities to do, whether it's writing out words, um, simple spelling words, or simple single digit sums, like um, addition with just single numbers. So for example, nothing in the teens or twenties, but just five plus seven, that kind of thing. And have kids try to complete the same task um, or similar over and over again and see if they can beat their previous time. And so when I say over and over again, it might just be once every afternoon for homework when you're doing it or once each morning before you go to school. It's not um, hours of this stuff. And the idea is that the task is easy to complete. And so the only thing kids are focusing on is trying to do it quicker. If it were me, I would probably keep track of the times to see if it's making a difference over um, weeks. And if it's not, maybe I wouldn't continue. But if my kid enjoyed it, then that's fine. I would keep going because why not, I guess, and see what happens over a longer period of time. 
Um, some kids don't like the pressure and the competition, but some kids quite like trying to beat their own score. So that would be my, um, my fourth idea about that. And then the last strategy is to um, try to use explicit instructions and practice for kids as well. Uh, when we explicit instruction is a um, kind of teacher based word or education based word, and it just means rather than just asking kids to do something, it means breaking it down and being explicit about what it is they need to do to complete the task. So teaching kids, for example, how to write a paragraph um, and getting them to practice that a lot. So that's the thing, it's the explicit instruction, but then also the practice. Um, probably then you could extend that to, um, for example, writing essays, teaching them the structure of it and having them practice and practice. This leads me into my last point, which is maybe the most important thing that often because of all the challenges that we've mentioned, kids don't enjoy writing when they have this much challenge. And so if your kid enjoys writing still, then yes, I would go with the explicit instruction and the practice. If they don't enjoy writing, and it's effortful and difficult, I probably would not put my focus into that. Instead, I would see if you can talk with the school about adapting the expectations they have of your child um, and see if they can perhaps switch the topic to something that's more interesting to your child. Um, particularly if your child's got some really strong interests in things, make the learning about that. Um, and let them write about that. If it has to be a piece of writing based on a book, let them read a book about the interest and then write it about that. Because um, the more kids are engaged in the learning, the better, better that they'll do. And, and the more they'll try, you don't, because if kids don't wanna do it, you've already kind of lost them before you start. So the biggest thing I would suggest, and I probably put it in all my reports, is to try to adapt the work to be faced around um, a child's interest. Um, I think I had another point on that, but I can't remember what it is right now. Um, oh yeah, motivation. That's what I wanted to mention. I think because if things are hard, kids aren't motivated to do it. That They're much like adults in that way. You know, the harder things are, the less likely we are to feel good about it and to give it a go. Um, the easier you can make it, the more motivated kids will be. The more interesting you can make it, the more motivated kids will be. Um, so that's a really big thing, I think. And it's not so much about teaching kids skills or how they do it, but that's one of the supports that teachers can put in place to adapt the expectations of a child to make writing easier. Um, so I hope that gives a little bit of food for thought. Um, please let me know if there are particular areas you want to hear more about because 
sometimes, I mean, these are things I talk about all the time. And so sometimes it's difficult to know how much parents know or how much um, they might want to know or have questions about it. So I will be covering in the next um, episode some things about a cognitive well, cognitive assessments and what we look for. Um, and But yeah, please do let me know if you've got questions because I'm happy this has been broad brush strokes and I'm really happy to delve into it deeper. Um, so you can con- contact me. So on Instagram at Leanne Tran Psychology, send me a message or put a comment on one of the posts um, or you can email me and there's a contact uh, form on my website, which is leannetran.com.au. Uh, and you will not be putting me out. You'll be doing me a favor by asking a question so that I know what um, topics are going to be helpful to cover. So I hope your kids enjoy the next couple of weeks of school. It's not too long to go yet. Uh, And then we move into exciting and hopefully relaxing school holiday mode. Um, And I'm going to cover a few ideas about rest and play and mindfulness and relaxation over those weeks. So I hope very much that you'll be there to join me. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.